Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Lockdown Canadians, the Habs lose to the Bruins in a hard-fought effort. Is Samuel Montembeau making Jake Allen expendable at the trade deadline? And I have a theory about why the Canadians are playing better, and it's so simple that it's brilliant. All that and more inside today's show. Lockdown Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 772 of Locked On Canadians. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Sabo, who is, unfortunately, a Bruins Flyers fan, who co-hosts a Canadians podcast with myself, Laura, despite your conflicting loyalties tonight, uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts on the game? <laughs> I just want everyone to know that this is a meme and it's not real. You're not listening to Ahab's podcast co-hosted by a Bruins fan, of all things. Maybe a Flyers fan, but even that's a little bit of a stretch. That might be me. worse than being a Bruins fan nowadays, nowadays, though. like It's true, but <laughs> it, it, it's a meme. It's a joke about me. It's not real. I am a Habs fan. Don't worry. Um, but that game was honestly, it's like you said, the conflict lies in the fact that the Canadians seem to be playing much better now. And I know we're going to get to that in the third segment, but you want them to lose. So they're losing, but you're also getting disappointed that they lost because they played well or because Samuel Montabo deserves better or whatever. So there's a little bit of internal conflict going on there, a little bit of cognitive dissonance that uh, we're experiencing as Habs fans. But at the same time, and I know we're going to like really get into it in this segment is... Kirby Doc is a revelation, much better than even you could have expected unless you were really, really paying attention, unless you were Ken Hughes, essentially. Um, what a phenomenal player Kirby Doc is turning out to be. And this is his, you know, third year in the league. This is his fourth, fourth year in the league. I Counting injuries will basically count it as like a full third season. Right, because he missed so much. And it's like, and look at his contract and look at the way he's playing. Damn, the Canadians made a great trade there. For the game, the Canadians kept it close in the first period. Uh, the Bruins very clearly are the best team in the NHL. Like, that is not a disputable fact at this point. They are far and away the best team in the NHL. Kirby Doc on the power play put the Canadians up 1-0. The Bruins answered. The Bruins went up 2-1. Kirby Doc scored again. And the Bruins, you know, made it 3-2 late thanks to Patrice Bergeron and Pasternak got an empty net goal. And throughout the entire game, though, the effort was there. They tried. They didn't sit back and get lucky. Like, the Canadians, I thought, played a game where they, they are very clearly outskilled and outmatched in this game, as they should be. The Bruins should have scored God knows how many more goals tonight. Uh, but Samuel Maltembeau, who we will get to more on in the second segment, we are not ignoring Sammy saves. Do not worry about that. The Canadians' effort in this game is what I want to see. I can tolerate losing if you put the effort into the game. 
Like we look at that Seattle Kraken game or some of the games where they've gotten blown out. The effort wasn't there. And in this game, the effort was there. They did their best to battle the Bruins. And yeah, it's a rivalry game. It means a little bit more, but they were right there. And they were right there until they just, you know, weren't because the Bruins have that little bit more quality, which they should. They're in their last dance kind of season with some of this core here. We don't know what Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, David Poshnok, all that future holds here. They're going for it. The Canadians are whatever the opposite of going for it is. And they they gave the Bruins a scare tonight, I think. The, you know, they probably should have, Toronto probably should have learned something and maybe scored more than two goals in a game against the Canadians. But the effort I've seen from Montreal basically in the past couple weeks here after that Seattle Kraken shutout has been what I want from this team. And now the unfortunate part is they're doing it without some of their top stars. But the Rocket call-ups have been so good. Jesse Olinen has been phenomenal. Alex Belzeal, he's not the prettiest player on the ice, but he's getting things done. Raphael Harvey-Pinard has been really good as well. And Michael Pozzetta, well, not a Rocket call-up, still playing well. That fourth line is creating opportunities and creating chances. And Martin St. Louis trusts them to create opportunities. And you know what? It's a it's it's a showcase for them. Hey, I want to stick around too. I want to be here uh, after the trade deadline. It's hard to not commend the spirit of the Canadians, even if the results aren't going in their favor right now. I honestly, there's so much to be thankful for. I was literally just looking up the stats as you were talking. And as usual, they are a bit lopsided in favor of the Bruins, but it's to be expected. The Bruins are, like you said, literally the best team in the league right now. So looking at the way the Canadians played them, I think you have to applaud that effort no matter what. And I just, I like that there are so many options. Like the call-ups are giving the Canadians options in terms of not just who to call up, but who to include in a trade if need be. If there's a piece that's available that you really want, and you need to part with somebody like these call-ups are really proving themselves to be uh, worth it, to be worth throwing, worth being in the conversation. So I really like the options that the Canadians have right now. And I know we talked about how few bodies there are for trades and things like that. I just, even if they just stay for next year, I just think it's, it's, it's just so positive. Like you can't fault that. And at the same time, remember, they did get a regulation loss. So like it is still, quote unquote, helping the tank or helping the draft pick or the draft positioning. But I just as a Habs fan, like, how can you complain right now? I mean, that's, you know, I know I'm a Habs fan, not a Bruce Flyers fan. So I should know <laughs> the answer to this question and I should not be asking it. But you know what I mean? At the same time, and to not forget this, Josh Anderson has eaten whatever, like, the steroid-induced version of Wheaties are. We'll call them, like, meaties or something like that. Josh Anderson's been great. Uh, I don't know how long that effort's going to last, but I love it. It's clear he either wants to stay or he wants to get the hell out of here. I don't know which it is, but he's been phenomenal. Um, Points or not, I think he's played really, really well. And speaking of people who have just surprised all of us, uh, Samuel Montembeau, absolutely stunning once again in this game and in the past eight that he has started in a row. We're going to talk about him and what it means for Jake Allen's future and everything coming up next. 
But first, as we mentioned earlier, today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. And the NFL playoffs are here. The Super Bowl is not far off. And we are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they are the number one sportsbook in America. They are FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports easy and fun. If you're a new customer, you can get started when you join today with $150 in free bets guaranteed. All you have to do is place one $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Has all your favorite bets from Moneyline, point spread, player props, everything you're looking for. And you can combine everything together in the same game to make a same game parlay. Like I said, you got this weekend. You've got the AFC Championships. you got the NFC Championships. There's going to be all kinds of things there for you. Should be a bunch of high-scoring games, so go crazy on the money line if you want to. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So if you're a football fan or a sports fan in general, don't miss out. Just place your $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And remember, make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of Lockdown and the NFL. We are back here at Lockdown. Canadians, we are always reminding you, please gamble responsibly if you're using an online sportsbook. Samuel Montembeau. Uh, Sammy saves, as Mike O'Brand on Twitter put it, and that is something I'm going to steal now to use on this show. Uh, about as lights out as you can get in a loss in a game where the Canadians looked a little bit rough at points, but again, Samuel Montembeau looks like someone body swapped him with a far superior goaltender with all respect. And maybe I could be wrong because I am not a goaltending expert. I am a dude who makes clips on the internet and post crusade memes because I am a child. Samuel Montembeau looks like a completely different person. And I don't know if it's being healthy, if it's technique, if it's confidence, if it's those cherub rosy cheeks he's got that store all of his talent. Dude's been incredible since Jake Allen went down with injury and Allen is nearing a return. And I'm going to pose the question to you, Laura, and to our listeners who are free to, you know, please uh, email us, talk to us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadian about this. The starting job is Samuel Montembeau's to lose now, correct? Like, we love Jake Allen on this podcast, but Samuel Montembeau should be the starter going forward, yes? I absolutely agree with you. I don't know if Marty will, but we were just talking about options in the previous segment. I think Samuel Montembeau has done everything he possibly can. I mean, he's like, some of his stats are in the top 10 of goaltenders in the league right now. You know, it's not nothing. He's played a lot more, obviously, now. Unfortunately, they don't seem to have a backup option for Samuel Montembeau uh, right now, or they don't seem to trust their backup option. But having been thrust into the limelight, playing big games against big opponents, Toronto and Boston right after each other. I mean, come on, Saturday night at the Bell Center, that is Carey Price domain, right? And that's what they're doing right now is they're playing Samuel Montembeau in those mitts in every single time or in, the, in that limelight, in that position, uh, under that pressure. And every single time, whether it's a loss and it's not Samuel Montembeau's fault or it's a win and it's due to Samuel Montembeau, he has played so well that he's right now the Montreal Canadian starter. He should be at the very least. If they're not considering him that, 
they should be considering him that. And at the same time, I don't know what's going to happen when Jake Allen, if and when he's ready to return, are they just going to go back to playing him as the starter just by default? I don't know. Like, I wouldn't. And I hope that the Canadians don't either because Samuel Montalvo is showing so much right now. And I think for me is that I look at this and I'm just saying, it's not that Jake Allen shouldn't play games. It's that in the 1A, 1B system that the Canadians should be theoretically playing right now, Samuel Montembeau should be your 70% starter here. And Allen gets the other 30, 35, depending on how you want to shift things here. Because it's clear they played Allen too much. And as he gets older as a goaltender, body breaks down a little bit. He was facing a lot of shots, a, a lot of shots. And admittedly, so was Samuel Montembeau. And they're kind of not subjecting Caden Primo to what I think they think would be an onslaught basically. And I'm wondering now with an eighth game in a row here started now tonight, they play the Red Wings on Thursday. They play the senators on Sun on Saturday and the senators on Tuesday. You've got to start Caden Primo probably against the Red Wings at this point. You got to give Samuel Montembeau a break. Because then if he breaks down, you have Caden Primo and there are no other NHL contracted goalies in the organization. And we know Ken Hughes wants to save his contract spots unless Jake Allen is back. If Jake Allen is back, you probably give him the start against Detroit and maybe not against the Senators just because the Senators offense is what it is. Um I don't know if it's good or bad. I try my best to not pay attention to Ottawa and the senators as much as I can. But my other question is now, if a team desperate for a veteran goaltender to be a backup or a one B calls at the deadline and says, we'll give you a first round pick for Jake Allen. You, you gotta take that, right? You, do and just, it. you find either you sign someone like Kevin Poulin to an NHL deal or whatever. And you ride Montembeau. You or take you somebody get... else's goalie off waivers. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is that it's like, I wonder if you just find a team who has a guy in an NHL contract in the AHL and go, we'll give you a seventh round pick. Right. And you stick him and Montembeau together. Like if, it, if Samuel Montembeau can prove that this isn't just like a, like a little bit of a blip and that his consistent play is around a nine ten to a nine fifteen overall. He's putting up a 920 something most nights now with the shots that he faces. And someone calls and asks for Jake Allen. You, you do it in a you heartbeat. Say yes, right? Yeah. If you're getting something back, you absolutely say yes. And the thing that I'm laughing about right now is we would not be having this conversation. We would not even be thinking about it. We'd be like, no, no, no. We need Jake Allen. The Canadians cannot survive without Jake Allen. And now it's like, well, they can. Uh, but get value for him because he still has value. And that's the thing is it's like he has value around the league. He's a Stanley Cup winning goalie. Like it's it is like you said, it's very weird. We thought even a month ago, without Jake Allen, the Canadians are basically going to explode and die. Like and Samuel Montembeau is just like, nah, I, I got this. I got this. And we once we find the goaltending expert to bring on here, I want them to explain it to me because I want to know. I love little things like this. I want to know why Samuel Montembeau is suddenly so good. Or at least relatively compared to last year. He's not the top goalie in the league. You know, Swayman and Allmark are at the top there because the Bruins are very good, et cetera, et cetera. But on a bad team, and yes, the Canadians are a bad team, 
Samuel Montembeau has been so good. Uh, I am curious to see which teams are going to be calling for goaltending at the deadline here because it's always a necessity. There are teams that always need goaltenders uh, when the going gets tough here. Edmonton could be one of them because Jack Campbell has not worked out the way they've really wanted, and it's Stuart Skinner out there. Calgary, if they don't really have a trust in Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar down the down the stretch there. Um, in Dallas, do they want someone to back up, you know, Jake Ottinger, who's been very good. In Florida, do they want literally anyone to stabilize the goaltending situation there? Just if Matt Murray's not working out in Toronto. No, we are not giving Florida goaltender as long as we have their pick. Yeah, but what if we get another one of their picks when it eventually all comes crumbling down anyways? We just want them to like end up as low as possible in the standings right now. But, and here's the thing, though. It's the Florida Panthers. They cannot play defense right now. They're coached by Paul Maurice and Sylvain Lefebvre. They can play offense all they want, but they can't play defense. And as we've learned about Jake Allen playing behind no defense this year, eventually that just breaks down and everything goes badly, which means it goes goodly for the Habs. Yes. I don't know if goodly is a word, but we're treating it as a word in this It situation. is a word, but I don't know if it means what we want what we want it to mean in this context, but it's definitely a word. As long as it's not, you know, something offensive, I, I think we'll be okay on that front. But <laughs> I there's gonna be options for Jake Allen if teams call. There might be options if teams call an offer a lot more for Samuel Montembeau because he's cheaper, younger, and has another year on his contract. Ken Hughes suddenly finds himself in a ver- in a situation I don't think he expected to be in this season. And that's the Canadians benefit. And we're going to kind of shift things going into our final segment here because I used my big brain, some tinfoil and a whole lot of caffeine to come up with something very simple that I think explains the Canadians recent strong play as well as the rocket. And that's all coming up next. So we are back here at lockdown Canadians and I have a theory which for most people who follow me on Twitter go, oh, dear God, Scott's tweeting from the bathroom again. No, I am sitting in my chair in our li- in my living room recording this podcast. And during the game, watching the Canadians kind of stick with the Bruins, I had a thought. The Canadians and the Laval Rocket, as of right now, they are absolutely ripped to shred by injuries, call-ups, everything else going on right now. And yet, since these things have begun, they both started playing much better hockey and getting much better results for it. In the Rockets' case, great, closer to the playoffs. They are in a playoff spot right now. For the Habs, you're falling on a Connor Bedard conversation, but that's panic for another day. And my theory on this is very is relatively simple. There are so many new bodies in new spots on these teams that the coaches are kind of taking what their original game plan was and throwing that out the window for the time being and simplifying everything down to bare bones. You know, quick pass out of the zone, pass to a teammate, you know, going through the neutral zone, into the zone. Small, little, simple things. And then in the offensive zone to read options and, you know, trust your instincts. Everything, and especially defensively, I've noticed with the Canadians, it feels so much less uh, everything is on fire and burning down than it used to. It's not great still, mind you, but it feels better that I'm wondering, 
have they just said to everyone simplify and just I, for I don't want this to sound like a negative, but just dumb down the game plan that with all these new bodies in in place, it makes it so much easier for everyone to know where they're supposed to be. And it has allowed the Canadians to actually build some semblance of structure in their game plan now. Because I've noticed it with the Rocket is that it's very simple. And with the Habsite, it's defensemen are there. There's someone supporting them. Puck is out. There's not trying to go off the glass or going across the zone. Everything feels simple. And then players are allowed to operate in the offensive zone with a little bit more freedom. Am I crazy in imagining this, or was the beginning of the year so bad that this just feels like a step up, even if it's not totally much better? I think simplifying the game is doing this one crucial thing, is giving a lot of people who have been having a rough season and potentially two rough seasons, depending on how long you've been on the Habs, or Laval when they were inconsistent, it's giving everybody confidence back. And it's having the effect that the Canadians had around this time last year when they hired Martin St. Louis, maybe a little bit later, like a couple weeks later than this, when they hired Martin St. Louis and he brought everybody back to basics. He said he wanted to have everyone have fun again. And so he, again, brought everyone back to basics. He might have tried to implement new concepts and stuff over time, over the course of, you know, uh, preseason and the regular season. But I think he realized, and we talked about how this is time for, for reckoning, Right. When he had when he made those mistakes, like when we're like, okay, this is his adversity. Let's see how he rebounds from this. Let's see how he comes back. He went back to basics. He's like, what worked for me? Taking everybody back to basics last year. That's that's what we're going to do. This lineup, as it is currently composed, is not yet capable of complex concepts, new ideas or new strategies. Or maybe they are to a certain point. But what simplifying has done is giving people back their confidence. So. No, you're not going to be able to beat world beaters night in and night out if you play simple hockey because they're miles ahead of you. They have more of the talent, more of the skill, and it gives their coaches a little bit more freedom to try things in Montreal, trying things at the time, like the level of the roster, whether it's in terms of skill, experience, uh, health, all of that has not been conducive to that. So bringing the game back to basics at least uh, enables the specific players that Canadians have at this moment in time to be able to bring their best. They're not striving for this unattainable ideal or strategy or something that is trying to be implemented that they're simply not yet capable of. They're literally doing, they're, they're able to do their best at whatever it is, either you know being in the right position. And so, yes, it's true. It is giving the offense a little bit more room to breathe because they're not behind the play. They're not scrambling as much right? A clean entry. We're seeing clean entries. We're clean. We're seeing clean exits. We're seeing some good, like, and even sometimes you're like, okay, they're back to like, just, you know, thoroughly like finishing their checks and things like that. You look at that and you're like, right, this is a hockey fundamental that they'd missed in the past or that they were, they weren't paying too much attention to. And so I think you're right. It, it has to do a lot with the call-ups, but I think there's a conscious thing at play as well. And that's your theory, but what I'm seeing does support it. And I think the results are kind of supporting it. There might they might might not be winning every game, but they're looking better than we've seen, and that's key. And I guess my question is, is that it's like I understand that we want this like free flowing, bland brand of hockey or a heavy cycle game that we know can dominate in the offensive zone. 
But my wonder is, is that do you keep it kind of dumbed down a little bit as these guys come back just to make it easy to get everyone back up to speed and then slowly add in more? And here's the thing. Maybe it's not as dumbed down as I as we think, and I'm just, you know, kind of overthinking it a little bit because this is just a theory I'm thinking of. But for a lot of these guys, it seems to have brought out the best in their game. Joel Edmonton and David Savard, albeit not flawless people, have played much more consistently, I think, recently. Josh Anderson looks like a new player. Everyone looks like they're able to play with a lot more confidence. And I'm wondering when Jake Evans is back, when Armia and Druen are back, do they step into this and they have that confidence to make these plays? Guys like Belzeal and Harvey Pinard and Pizzetta and everyone are thriving. And I don't know if it's just because it's very simple. Everything goes towards the net effort around there and create kind of messes is the message that they're going for. But it seems to be working. They beat Toronto. They gave the Bruins a scare. They beat the Rangers. They played well against the Islanders. They've beat, they've played good hockey lately. And I'm wondering if they stick with this once bodies come back or new bodies come in and, you know, maybe I'm overthinking it and maybe it is just the same style. It's just, it's working now for whatever reason. It could be that. I don't know. Um, but I got to say, you know, who could tell us is Mike Ober and he, pay, he pays attention to stuff like this. That is very true. I'll, and the thing is, it's just very simple. I like it when hockey works and, you know, even if they lose the efforts there, and that's all we've ever really wanted in this. So, uh, Laura, do you have any parting thoughts before we sign off for the night? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you covered it all, Scott, today. First time for everything. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick and myself at Scott Matla. You can find us wherever you get your daily podcasts. Uh, and you can find us on YouTube if you're watching this. Make sure you ring the bell to get notified every time we post a brand new episode. We will see you tomorrow night after the Lavelle Rocket game. Folks, we have more mailbag questions and likely plenty more to talk about all coming up. We will see you then.